Build your heart. Uh, before I greet you, I mean, it's, gr- it's great to be here. This is our yearly, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we, we come in for harvest, and this, this year it's been uh, less harvest and more um, downtime, I feel like, which has been really nice. Harvest has been getting pushed out. But we've had some great quality time just being here. Um, I'm going to call my wife, actually, um, and have her greet you. Praise the Lord, church. (laughs) He warned me he might do this. And I said, I have nothing. (laughs) Um, No, but then I started getting ready. And um, I've had this scripture on my mind, and I didn't know why. Um, It's um, Isaiah, I think Isaiah 55. uh, My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher in your thoughts, or I think I'm getting most of that right. Um, <laughs> and I didn't understand why the last couple days, like, it seems so straightforward, but I'm like, I don't want to take this out of context. So I went and read the, ch- the chapter, and then I'm just like, okay, well, you know, what does this mean? Like, how, you know, you can put your own spin on things. Like, how does this go with maybe a situation in my life right now? <clears throat> so, but nothing was coming to me, so I thought, okay, we'll just leave it at that. So, um, but as I was getting ready tonight, um, I was thinking of our service in Kent on Sunday over the weekend and how, um, last weekend I had, I had been feeling so much anxiety and insomnia and that's just, that comes with pregnancy, uh, supposedly towards the end. And I thought, okay, it's just whatever, we're going to get past this and, um, wasn't trying to spiritualize it at all. Um, you know, I'd go under attack or something, but I was up for hours in the night, couldn't sleep, you know, drinking warm milk, like my mom says, uh, <laughs> trying to read all these things, you know, Googling uh, pregnancy insomnia, you know, what do you do and all that, you know, and I just, I couldn't find rest and I, I wasn't like worrying, I didn't feel like I was worrying about a specific situation, but it was like, I was just feeling this constant anxiety. Um <clears throat> So Sunday, we started singing that song, um, you guys probably know here, um, all my worship, all my praise, I give my all. And um, there was just such a sweet presence and move in the place, just like a, a brokenness. And my husband encouraged those, some of those to just step out, you know, um, and acknowledge that and just and worship. And I, I just did that. I just... I was so tired that day, and I was going to teach Sunday school, and I was like, okay, but let's just get past this. So I just started worshiping, and then he said, um, he started ministering the mic. I haven't even told, we haven't even talked about this. He started ministering in the mic about, um, you know, situations you might be going through financially or, um, you know, a burden. Just speak it out and, and just give it to him and, you know, worship. And uh, if there's a situation you know of, someone call it out. And I, a situation came to my mind, and it wasn't even something we had talked about, but I just, I spoke it out with somebody, and I, I started praying peace and covering over their mind, and, you know, these things were coming to my mind, and it was like the Lord reminded me tonight in the shower, I, the anxiety is gone. It was like he used that situation to lift it off me, not about myself and my situation. I was just in that moment, I was just... 
speaking out what I knew of their situation. And the Lord reminded me that he, he lifted that burden off of me and that, and that sometimes we don't understand. And, you know, we want to come to him with our own problems or our own burdens, but sometimes um, he'll use situations for us to minister to others that will minister to our situation. <clears throat> so I just want to thank the Lord for that. It's a, it's a testimony to me. I, I thought of it. We left my parents' house today, and I took a nap. <laughs> Miko took a nap, and we haven't done that. Like, everyone take a nap at the same time with Noah taking a nap, like, on a weekday at, like, 1.30. Like, when does that happen? <laughs> and he goes, that was kind of a gift for you today. And I thought, yeah, like, I feel so much rest. My husband mentioned we came here for harvest. We do that once a year, and it so happens, sorry, Mom and Dad, that the hotel that we booked, it's booked days where harvest isn't even going on right now. You'll start tomorrow, and we're leaving tomorrow, but the Lord knows, right? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we just came here for rest. I don't know. But uh, So I just want to thank the Lord for that, and maybe it will encourage someone else tonight. So praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture says he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the right. And it's, it's amazing to see how, yeah, we haven't really talked about that since, um, how we can be so in our own situation, in our own feelings and, and God draws it out. And as that happens, that tearing apart happens and we look back we're like, wow, you just, you just brought me out of it through my own perspective. Um, can we pray for a moment? Let's let's just fellowship with him. Can we do that? Lord, have your way, Father. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Elderheart. I wonder if we could turn to a, a, a scripture, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Uh, I'm just going to take a, a couple minutes to share with you what, what God's been doing in me over the last few days, and as he was working through that in me and making me reflect about my own life, I began to wonder who this is, if this is for me or if this is for the congregation in Kent, for our, for our, our Bible studies or is this, and, and tonight, um, I feel like I have confirmation that this is, it's for today and it's just a couple scriptures. So, I'd like for us to read it together. Verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And we can stop there. I'm going to read this one verse, two verses in the Amplified. 
verse 24 through 26. So three verses. So verse 24 in the Amplified. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the control and authority of a tutor and disciplinarian. For you who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God. And here's how it expands on children of God. And this is why I feel to say this. Set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges. Full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union with the Christ, the anointed, have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, you have taken on his characteristics and his values. Amen. Okay, we'll stop there. Set apart for his purpose with full rights and full privileges. Uh, We had a work meeting last week. And uh, this was brought back up to my memory in speaking with the family just a couple hours ago. After that incredible once-in-a-lifetime nap. Felt like I just got back from Disneyland. (laughs) Except without the lines. Um, And we were just talking in the front lawn. And uh, a situation came up where we were... uh, my wife reminded or let the family know of a work meeting that we had that I can't, I got in the car. She picked me up that night. And one of the first things I said was that was the best team meeting, work meeting I've ever had in my life. I cried. And then all this stuff happened. She's like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on. You cried. Hold on. Like, uh, let's, let's, let's park there and walk me through this. What happened? Um, and she knows this. I'm not much of a crier. I mean, I just, that's my own emotional makeup. It's a once in a blue moon kind of a thing, like like the nap I took today. And every once in a while it happens, and it's a special occasion, right? Um, so we were in this team meeting, and it was, about, it was all about being honest. Um, it was a day for us as me and my nine teammates and my manager to come together and, and talk about the year plan for the next year. And one of the parts of it, the last two hours of it, were all around, um, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to split up into 10 minutes. Everyone's going to draw a timeline of their lives and uh, talk about their ups and their downs that have brought, us, brought them here to where we're at, which is, uh, you know, uh, the, the team that I'm on today. And we all did that, and it got really emotional really quickly. <laughs> and, and it was, I mean... This, these are not conversations I have with my teammates or my coworkers. Maybe you feel the same. Like, have you ever cried in front of your coworkers? I know I haven't. I had never thought I'd ever do that in my life. Never thought I'd see my coworkers, some of them, cry the way they did in front of me. I was like, do I give you a hug or, like, say it's okay? Or, I mean, yeah, is that okay? You know, is everything we're doing okay right now? And so we were all just really in it together. I mean, the conference room was just starting to get condensed with tears. You know, everyone's crying over their own stories. So I go up there and I'm like, I'm one of the last ones. I'm like, I'm not going to cry, but here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about my life. People don't know that I come from a background where my parents were in the ministry and the ups and downs associated with that. The the house that I grew up in, in the Philippines that I was born into and, and the places that God took my family from that I saw with my own eyes, like the, the metal 
aluminum house, you know, and, and the different stages of life that have transpired since then and the different places that we've been taken to. And I, I spoke a little bit about the ministry and how that was a whole thing in my life and then went through some other things. And at the very end, I started talking about um, the baby girl that we have due in, in, in within the next couple months. And I put her name up there and I had my line go way up at the end. And I put Olive because that's what we're naming her. So Olive at the top. So I, And I started talking about... So Olive, and then Tara was just, you know, I mean, not, I'm, this isn't, you know, like a direct comparison, but like th- life, right? You just, it's, it's okay, I'm digging a hole. Um, but Tara was on the way to Olive, right? And I was talking about how much I appreciate my wife and the balance that she brings to me. And as I was doing that, I started talking about Olive. All of a sudden, the, it just rushed in. It was like... And I'm just looking forward to, but also, I, like, this is a high in my life, but I feel so, this is such a big thing in my life, thinking about, um, you know, the woman that, that I've been blessed to, to have as my wife, and raising a little girl in today's environment. Just the accountability of raising, a, a, not just, here's the thing, not just a little girl, but a woman also. Raising a woman in today's environment, and in my thought, in my, you know, my pure, unfiltered, you know, if HR wasn't in the room, in my head, I'm thinking a godly woman, um, a woman who understands her place in the kingdom, in, in, in the bride of Christ, and all of these other factors. I'm thinking that about, about the accountability of that, and it just whoo, hit me, and I just about lost it. And the reason I was trying to think about why that happened and afterwards I was reflecting on why in the world did I just lose it in that moment? You know, that's, that must be the, something's inside me that came out in that moment as I was vocalizing it. And I realized this the day before I was just, uh, my wife got me this, this little book for my birthday that was like, things your daughter wants you to do or something like that. It's like things you should do. Very helpful. Thank you. And I'm trying. And you know, some of them like already do that. That's cool with my son. Like I definitely don't do that. Um, And I was going through it. And one of the things was um, the way you treat your daughter will be, be reflected eventually in the way she looks, or no, sorry, let me backtrack. The way that you treat your wife will eventually reflect in the kind of spouse she looks for, your daughter will look for down the road. And yeah, that was all I needed to read. And that hit me, and I realized that was it. That was that, because that's, that's been on my mind since I read that. That was the one thing. And that got me going since then. That's, I've just been on this thought of, you know, all these other factors that play into my life about the way I treat my wife, the public affection, um, the way that manifests in the way I treat my children, the way, I will, the way my daughter will look to be treated in the future. And then it, and it took on a twist. You know, I was reading about in my devotion about sonship about being a child of God. 
And in my prayer time, this, this thought came into my spirit of how does, how do your earthly relationships influence your, your heavenly relationships? And in other words, there's a principle in that my, the way that I see my heavenly father influences the way that I see and interact with not just not just interact but like see my perspective because if I can see him in a certain way I know to ask him for certain things I know I have certain rights I know I have certain privileges if I see myself as a true son of God and I've read in the word that I have that ability and I have that available to me right if I don't have that I can only interact with him the only way I've seen how displayed to me the only way I've seen demonstrated to me by others, and I have great examples in my life, but at some point I need to come to my own conclusions and I need to make my own decisions about how I see my heavenly father. And so that began to work in me. How do I see, how does the, the way that I see my heavenly father and flipped around, right? How does that influence the way that I interact and the way that I see those around me? The relationships I have in my life. And it took on a whole nother element. What it was is the God factor. The spirit. The supernatural. When you add God to our life. You know. when, Because it's quite honestly incomplete without it. Right? When you add him to every element of our life. It adds a different factor. So all of a sudden I'm thinking. As a spouse. Okay. As a spouse. Who does. Like. Now I am also part of the bride of Christ. And. When I see myself as playing a role in the bride of Christ, in the kingdom of God, I know that I have a role. I know that I have a walk that he's, that he's given to me, a path that he's given to me. It's been confirmed. I've been, I've been praying about it. Others have confirmed it to me. And I have a place in the body. I can, I can be that with full confidence, just like I can be the husband that God called me to be. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about being a son, you know, like, and, and the way that I see my heavenly father, I think that's one of the first things we go to. Those who are led, led by the spirit are the sons of God. And do I truly see myself that way? And does it influence the relationships I have in my life? I'm, I am a son myself. I have a father and do, does it influence both ways? I believe that's God's will for it, for me to see, to see and interact with my relationships on, on earth in the same way that I do, um, heavenly relationships. I think there's a parallel. Can we pray? Thank you, father. Whatever your will is, Jesus. He cut I just felt to pray about that tonight. That's, that's, all, that's all I came up here to do. Maybe someone here needs to pray about being, being the spouse that they are called to be. Or maybe it's taking the, the role in the kingdom that you've been, you've ha- you have confirmation that you need to be in, that you need to walk in today. We draw strength from you, Jesus. Understanding from you, Father. We walk according to your path, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. Amen. I appreciate the spirit of the Lord that's here. I heard um, this has probably been at least five years ago now. Um, I believe Bishop had sent me a link. You should listen to this. And uh, it was preaching, actually, by uh, Jeff Arnold. And he was addressing a young, uh, a youth convention type of uh, crowd, these young people. And something that he said to the, to the crowd, it, it just hit me right between the eyes, and I didn't hear anything else that he preached the rest of that message. Because what he said was, if I could tell young people one thing, the most important thing is how he worded it, I believe. It's that you need to learn how to hear from God. And... Now, some of you know who he is. Some of you may have heard of him before. Others probably don't. But this is just, he, he's a, a, a preacher that um, usually has a lot to say about whatever it is he's talking about. And for to hear him say, if I could tell this group one thing, this is what I would tell you. You need to learn how to hear from God. Learn to hear his voice. I've taken that, and to the best of my ability, I've tried to get my children to learn that. I've tried to get myself to learn that. It's been said several times, uh, even recently, uh, when you hear his voice, that's how you, you need to know that you've heard from him. Because it gets you through challenging times. If you know that what you're doing is because God said to do it, it gets a lot easier. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But it, you get the confirmation. You, you know that it doesn't matter what's going on because this is what God said. And, and I know that that's what Brother Arnold was trying to convey to that group if you know this is his voice, and I, I believe that all of us could spend a lifetime pursuing just that. Lord, what is your voice? What are you trying to say? What are you speaking to me? Because it, once you realize that, you see it applies across the board to everything, every aspect of your life. He told... You, some of you know the passage uh, where John the Baptist is in prison and John the Baptist sends messengers to Jesus to get that same kind of a confirmation. I'm in, I'm in prison right now. I'm in a challenging time. But I need to know that what I heard from you was really you saying what I thought you said. Are you the one? And I love the way that, that Jesus responds because 
you know inherently in what he said and how he said it, it was for John, not just for, yeah, of course, that's me. You know, it was a message to an individual, and that's how the Lord speaks. He says, go tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the, the sick are healed. So that's going to give him the clue that, yes, what I am supposed to be doing is taking place. But also tell John, blessed is he who's not offended in me. Now, if I were John, if they just came back with the first part of that message, that wouldn't satisfy me. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let me know. Oh, because, okay, healings, great, miracles, wonderful. But that kind of thing has happened and is happening all around. But the personal message is how, it's kind of like the signature on the message. This is how you're going to know that I am the one. This is me. And he spoke to John that way personally. John had to know that was the voice. To get him through the rest of his life, to get him through that trial, it was that voice, that message. I want to do something, and I'm going to do this quickly. Return to Revelations chapter 3. The way that he delivered that personal message is a, and it's an example of how God speaks. An example, I said it. We need to learn how to hear from God. Now, what I tell my children when I say you need to learn how to hear from him, there's three important, or I would call them the, the, the usual ways that he speaks. Through his word, through prayer, and through men of God and women of God. You learn to listen when you're praying. You learn to listen when you're reading or someone's reading to you. And you learn to listen when someone is speaking. And you, in doing so, you start to hear. You're listening for the voice of God. You're not, just, you're not just learning to repeat, to recite. You're listening for the voice of God. In Revelation, and I'm not going to go into great detail about this. I feel like in a lot of ways we're just going to scratch the surface of some things. But I want to show you this. Just in the first couple of chapters of Revelation, before it gets way too involved and over everybody's heads and you're thinking horses and riders and moons and all kinds of stuff that I don't know what they mean. The first couple of chapters are very, very easy to understand because it sets the stage, the setting for what's all going to happen in the rest of Revelation. But it starts with John giving the, I guess you could say, context of how all of this began. And we'll get there in a minute. But what he says 
is, here's what I saw, here's who I saw, and here's what I heard, and here's what he told me to do. Part of this in these chapters is, deliver my message. I have something I want you to say. It's not going to be the same thing to every person. It's In this context, it's seven different messages to seven groups of people. You're not going to go to group two and say the same thing that you said to group one, and so on. But here, when I was reading this and I saw it, 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 it just stood out to me. He says, before he, he even gets to the message, here's who's talking to you. This is... Who says what they say? So, Revelation chapter 3, look at verse 14. Revelation 3 and 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. That's who's talking to the church of the Laodiceans. The guy that is the amen. The guy that was the beginning of the creation of God. That's who's delivering this message to you. Jump up. To verse 7. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and he that shutteth and no man openeth. This is who's writing this message, delivering this message to that group of people. Verse 1, 3 and 1. To the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he. Now, don't get confused and don't look for the hidden meaning in Revelation like we want to do all the time. There's no hidden meaning here. Okay? This is God telling John, Write this to this group and tell them this is who said it. To the angel of the church of Sardis, write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Look back at chapter 2. Verse 18, to the angel of the church of Thyatira, write, these things say, now, I'm not taking the time to to tell you what is being said to each church. That's not the point of what I'm saying tonight. My point is, the Lord wants to speak a message to you. But he wants you to know who it is that's saying it. If he went to the, 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 this church over here and said, I'm revealing myself to you in the, the way that you don't know me, because that's how I've revealed myself to this church, they, the message would not get across. 
But he, this is the same. It's the personal signature, the same as how Jesus gave it to John the Baptist in prison. I, this is who is talking to you. This is how we get to know the voice of God, how I start to listen for it. I need to know who's talking to me. These things saith the Son of God. We, we, it's so easy to dismiss yourself because of what your mind doesn't understand or comprehend. It's, it, you think, oh, that must be for the really intellectual Christians, and I'm never going to be one of those. I don't know what those seven spirits and the candlesticks and all those. That's, that's, that's way out, out of my league. But if God comes to you and starts dealing with you and saying, you know, every time that I speak with you, I enter in this avenue. Every time in prayer, in listening, in ministry, in reading my word, I enter in this avenue. He says, I am the door. This is how I am going to speak to you. That's what I want to learn. That's what I want to listen for. He says, these things saith the son of God who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. Verse 12, to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. The church in Pergamos knows Who's the one with the sharp sword with two edges? That's why I want you to to deliver my message as if it's from the one with the sharp sword with two edges. Because they're going to know who's talking. Verse 8, to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last which was dead and which is alive. Verse 1, to the church of Ephesus, right? These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And now look at chapter 1. Verse 10. Brother Lewis, I was reminded of what you told me on Sunday about how you were woken up by a voice. That happened to me not too long ago, a few months back, sleeping. It wasn't the same kind of, it wasn't just a Lewis, <laughs> as you put it. No, for me, I was sleeping and I was, I was supposed to, to, it was on a Saturday night, I was supposed to minister on a Sunday and at 2 a.m., I awake to the sound of a scream. I mean, a terrifying scream. That's all it was, was just a scared scream. And I, I, I wake up, and quick, soon enough, I realize the scream did not come from anything or anyone in my house. They're asleep. She's asleep. He's asleep. He's asleep. She's asleep. She's asleep. She's asleep. Inventory. And I know it wasn't me. So you know what? I didn't get scared. The scream was a terrifying scream that would scare anyone that heard it. But I realized 
Someone's trying to talk to me right now. Now, I'm okay if he never uses that avenue again, because that one is... <laughs> but you know what? I know that when he speaks, it's with a purpose. And if he's got to use an avenue like that, I'm okay with that. Uh, Revelation 1 and 10. John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. Send it to the seven churches which are in Asia and Ephesus. Smyrna, and so on and so forth. Verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Being turned, the first thing I saw was seven golden candlesticks. I didn't see a man. I saw, I heard a voice that sounded like a trumpet from behind me, and I turned to see who it was, and it was a thing. It was a vision. Seven golden candlesticks. In the middle of the seven candlesticks was one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, and as white as, white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Now to one of the churches it was, tell them, the one that's holding the seven golden candlesticks is the one that's talking. Another church it was, tell them the one whose eyes are like fire is the one that's talking. John is turning and he's beholding. He's seeing this complete vision. You could call it the fullness of who God is saying he is to every church. And John is seeing this picture. His feet are like fine Brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. He's revealing himself. Why do you think we call it revelations? He's revealing himself. Just as he showed himself as the one with a two-edged sword to that church. That's who he is. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen. And the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. I want you to close your eyes for a moment.
I want you to think about how the Lord speaks to you. Now, one one passage says he has a voice as of many waters. We know that he's not just a one-dimensional God. But he speaks to us and he wants to reveal himself to us. Why don't we pray, Lord Jesus, I want to hear your voice. God, I want my soul to be quieted. I want myself to be quieted, Lord. God, as John said, I want to be in the spirit at your time, according to your timing. Whenever you want to speak to me, Lord Jesus, whatever it is that you want to say to me, Lord. God, if you want to tell me to enter a season of rest, I want to hear that voice. If you want to tell me to go to war in prayer, I want to hear that voice. God, if you want to tell me to be a blessing to someone, I want to hear that voice. Whatever it is that you want to speak to me, God. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish through me, Lord Jesus. I want to know you, O God. I want to know your voice. You are the fullness, Lord Jesus. You are the beginning. You are the end. Jesus, I thank you for revealing yourself to me. Jesus, I thank you for letting me know who you are, for showing me the truth of who you are, God. Thank you for sharing your word with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for sharing your truth with me, God. Jesus, I want to hear your voice. Whatever you need to say to me, God. I'm remembering a time about three or four years ago. You know what? I, I, was, I was thinking this as, as the Lakshmanas were both sharing what they shared. You have uh, you've yet begun to nap. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Some of us can't go a week without a good nap. Some of us can't make it that long. I was remembering a time about three or four years ago. I had, I had been so busy with so much. I mean, just left and right. I, there wasn't a break in sight. It was go here and do this and leave there and go here and do this and go here. And I don't know how, how long I had carried that, that pace. But one evening, I, just, I went outside and I, I sat in our backyard and it was the first quiet time that I had had in such a long time. And what the Lord spoke to me was, you don't want to be quiet because you don't want to hear what you know I'm going to say to you when you get quiet. And it hit me with such a weight and such force that I thought, I know, I know what it is that you want to say to me, and I know that I've been avoiding it because, with a schedule. I've been avoiding it with activity and with work and with chore, whatever it is. I've been avoiding it. You know, most of us in this room, I would dare say, we have heard the voice of God. 
at one time or another in our lives. I mean, I know I've seen enough of you here, if nowhere else, to where I know the Lord speaks very often. So you know what his voice sounds like. Often that's not the question. The question is, are you listening for it? If you want to be real honest, are you avoiding the door that he stands at and knocks? I know that he enters my spirit in this avenue. So if I can go every other way, take every other road, and avoid that, we'll just push it back. We don't have to deal with that. I don't have to hear him say that. I've, I've worked in, in some HR roles before, in various roles such as that. And um, there are rules about what you have to report if somebody says it to you, regardless of who they are, regardless of what you are. Any type of manager or supervisor, you know this. And oftentimes you can say, hang on, hope, hope, don't go there. I don't want to hear that because, and you don't want me to hear that, because I know you think you're just sharing something, but really... Because of this relationship, it has to go on the record. And I know that I've taken that approach to God. And in prayer or wherever, sitting alone, sitting in a crowd, sitting in church, whatever it is, and God starts to knock, He starts to speak. And if I'm not careful, it's, no, hang on, not right now. Let's not put that on the record. I, I don't need that in here right now because i got all these other things going on. But you reach a point, just like John the Baptist did, eventually, where you've got to know what he says. What is his voice, what is his feeling, what is his direction? Why don't we pray again? Jesus, in your name. I'd like to give you opportunity to respond to the voice of the Lord tonight. Would you do that? If you want to turn your seat into a pew or use this altar, the Lord is dealing with our hearts tonight. Would you purpose to give ear and heart to him tonight in Jesus' name?
I am uh, reminded of conversations that have taken place along the way. Um, I don't know if this ever happened in your home. Um, maybe someone in the family has been trying to tell a story. They wanted everybody else's attention. And, but a couple of you and somebody else, or maybe not you, don't put your, maybe me and somebody else, cutting up or carrying on and talking. And then they just stopped sharing their story. And you're like, no, go ahead, I was listening. And they're just like, no, you weren't. No, really, I want to hear the, go ahead. And then they don't, anybody ever had that besides me? Don't we? Yes. Few of us, yeah. You know, the Lord, uh, I was praying one time years ago in the basement in Puyallup, and the choir was upstairs practicing, and I sort of had the basement to myself. You know, when you got a place to yourself, you can you don't have to worry about everything you say, you can just worry about somebody listening. And I was just praying, Lord, I just want to hear your voice just want to hear your voice. Just talk to me, Lord. Just speak to me. Anybody ever pray that way? And I was praying that way, Lord. Just talk to me. And he did. You know what he said? He said, I'm talking. You're not listening. He said, I'm talking. You're not listening. And so that example of someone trying to talk and you seem a little distracted, so they finally just stop. Sometimes that happens with God. He's talking to us and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, just keep talking, Lord. And there's times where he clearly he wants our undivided attention. Elder Flowers talked about getting alone and sitting down and stopping and being quiet. This has been anointed rich ministry tonight. Anointed rich ministry. 
we should pray for the Lord to anoint our ears to hear. And we should pray for God to anoint our heart to obey. An ear to hear without a heart to obey has limited value. I want to hear his voice. I, I was in a conversation last night with some people. I was in one room with one of them. And they were telling me a story about something they were going through. And they, they were thinking God was talking to them. And they and so they went in and joined the, the rest of their family. And we were all visiting. And then another person in that family says, I was praying and I know the Lord spoke to me. And I, I mean, it was like it was clear. And so I was seeing these two. They were both hearing from God about, and, and they were talking about different things. And I thought it's beautiful when we start identifying and recognizing the voice of God. I don't want to take that for granted. And I want to take this teaching tonight. And I want to let it settle deep in my spirit. Amen. Thank you, Elder Flowers. Thank you, Brother and Sister Laksamana, tonight. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.